Hi, my name is Mary Cruz and welcome to I'm So Glad You Asked, Every Woman Has a Story and I Want to Hear Yours, Episode 9. I am so happy to introduce my friend Fiona Odomuso. Let's go back to the year 2011 at a foundation in Park Ridge, Illinois, where Fiona and I would meet. The first day, which was my first day of work that we met, was a little chaotic. Our coworker had just gotten fired and I was brand new. Out of that chaos, a real friendship was born. We bonded over our love of fashion and Mad Men Facebook updates at the time. Fiona and I are the same age. We were both born in 1979, which is not only a Smashing pumpkin song, but the generation that turned 21 in the year 2000. Y2K? We could relate to getting our undergrad in Chicago at the same time in the late 90s and early 2000s. Fiona was at Columbia and I was at Loyola. 12 years later, she is a woman I consider a confidant and a support, an encouragement and a friend I can meet with for coffee and share my crazy ideas like starting a podcast. And she will always hear me and see me for who I am. Um, Fiona, welcome. Thank you, Mary. I'm excited to be here talking with you. I also wanted to add to um, when my podcast launched, you sent me beautiful flowers and a note that I still have upstairs um, on our like board so that I could look at it every day. That meant so much to me. Oh, I do remember that. And you were like, very, very welcome. Like that meant a lot to me. So thank you. You are a, you are truly a woman, like women supporting women. Oh, I love that. I love that. That really, honestly, that means a lot. And I think for me, you know, just hearing the intro, I think back to that, that year, 2011, oh, which like sounds that. like so long ago, so cliche, but so long ago, but then so not long ago. I know. It really does feel like yesterday, but I remember meeting you and that feeling of we're going to be friends for a long Aww. time. Like, it's almost like when you just kind of know somebody's home for you. I was like, Mary is home for me. Like, she's going to be one of those people that is a longtime friend. So thank I'm you. I'm very grateful um, for your friendship. And I'm very excited to chat with you today. Isn't it funny to think that at the time you had a two-year-old and now that two-year-old is not a two-year-old anymore? It's, oh wait, two, yeah, two, yeah. Yeah, would yeah, would have been two, yeah. So I I don't know, it seems very blurry. We were just talking about that as a family, like how, you know, the kids were little and then they just weren't little. Like it's just weird. Time is funny. Fast. Fast, but slow at the time same time. So totally a contradiction, but um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool now to say, oh, I've got a teenager. You I'm have a you have a teenager. Yeah. That's really cool. Sure do. Um Okay, so if there's anything you'd like to add, otherwise, I would love to start talking about the defining and like life-shaping story that you wanted to share today. But if there's anything else you want to add, please. Buy yeah, a- no, I think we can can go right into it. I mean, I, honestly, for me, I think, you know, I'm just excited to talk stories. I feel like oh, you've yeah. always been a great storyteller. Oh, thanks. Um, and so stories are really what kind of like makes me happy. Um, and makes me feel me. So I'm excited to just story tell with you. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, genuinely excited for you to share this story. I know we talked a little bit about what you wanted to talk about. And I think that this is a very layered story. And, but it's like beautiful layers, like layers of chiffon, you know? <laughs> layers. That is, yeah, that is a pretty kind of metaphor. Yeah, no, they're like, layers yeah. of chiffon. Um, like so that. please start wherever and um, just know that you have the space and we're all grateful you're here. And I'm really excited for people to hear this. I love it. So I think when you ask the question, like, what is the story, the story that shaped you? I, I mean, right away, the, the words just came off my tongue when you said that. Because 
for me, it's really an immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a cultural story as well. Okay. So for me, it really, really begins growing up in the amazing city of Dublin, Ireland, to an amazing mom who's from Dublin, Ireland, and an even more amazing dad who's from Lagos, Nigeria. And so to me, that's really where my story started. And okay. I think about what makes me and what, what is my story. Um, and, you know, when I think back to just how that story began and, and why it has shaped me so much, it's really being able to see the immigrant story through not just my eyes being an immigrant to Chicago, mm. but then also my dad's story being an immigrant from Lagos, Nigeria to London, and then eventually winding up in Dublin, Ireland. And then when I even look further back, I think, okay, how did that man end up there? How did I end up here? And it was most likely through a vision that my grandmother, Grace Odomuso, had, where she basically told my dad at one point that you have to leave Nigeria to succeed in life. You have to travel. You have to get an education. Um, She wanted more for him than what she could even imagine. Um, And so that story really begins with her vision of sending a child away. And then eventually my dad having the patience and, you know, vision with my mom to say, okay, you can go away as well. And me oh, leaving wow. Grace, that's your, okay. I just picked that up. Okay. Yep. Um, that's a beautiful name. It's also very symbolic that her name is Grace. It is. Because it takes a lot of grace, I would think, to encourage your child to leave. Yep. I mean, I think about that now as a mom. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's so selfless to basically say to your, you know, to a child, um, as much as I love you, you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Like that within itself is like, like Gosh. <laughs> just even he, like saying those words, I, I wonder how she felt. And, and, you know, I knew my grandmother from through the stories my dad would tell. But so you I, never met, you never met her. Okay. I did meet her, but she didn't speak English. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and she didn't write, so she never read or write. Um, oh. So my great-grandmother was what you would consider like a herbalist. Okay. So, and Grace kind of inherited a lot of that. She was an entrepreneur, so she would do a lot of business. And my dad talked about the businesses she ran and like okay. the herbs and, and the healing. That In Lagos? Did. Yep. In Lagos. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay. I'm saying it correctly. And so... Um, Back then, you know, with how the country was set up, education was really, really difficult to get in her generation. Um, But she valued education like no other. Mm. And so with my dad, she was like, you have to get an education. Education is, is, you know, critical to your success. And also not only in education, you know, you're going to go to the best schools, which he went to a great school in Lagos. But then also you, you need to go and study abroad because that is even better education. So I think coming from a woman that didn't read or write, wow, that yeah. vision is pretty significant and probably started the movement of my of my eventual story of being a trap of being, you know, confident oh. enough to leave the nest, I guess. Well, and come to America. I mean, I feel like, and I'm just trying to think how I can word this. Um, she can, she could not read, she could not write, but she was all heart, obviously, right? She was driven by that. I don't know, and I think to me that's uh, don't get me. I mean, don't get me wrong, and I don't. It's funny because you say that, and it's like I take for granted that we can read and write, right? This yep. is like second nature, right? That's the first thing that we learn. But 
I mean, to me, you sharing that says there's so much more to the human body, the human spirit, than just being able to read and write. Like she was driven by her heart. Yeah. Um, I know what your dad did, but I would love for you to share your dad because now knowing that your grandmother was an herbalist, that I think that's very interesting that your dad chose to... Okay. So what did your dad study? So, um, okay. So Grace really wanted him, Grandma Grace really wanted him to become a doctor. And um, unfortunately, uh, um, or fortunately, I I should say... um, Abby did not, my father did not like to be in hospitals. And actually, that's kind of a full story circle. Okay. um, Or full um, circle story at one point. But he despised hospitals. And he talked about it. Like, it would give him anxiety just being around sick people. And and looking back on it, I'm like, he was an empath, as I know I am as well. He was a complete empath. So he chose to study pharmacology. He became a doctor in pharmacology. I don't think I ever knew that part. Um, okay. And so he um, went to his first journey was leaving. And actually, it's interesting because I even thought about this uh, part of the story. So my so so dad left Lagos in the winter of the UK winter. So he, when he arrived in London, it was snowing. He'd never seen snow before. Um, and he didn't have a coat. And so like, he did he like, didn't know that he was going to like a winter? Sure. Well, he would have, but I don't think there was like Weather Channel no, or know. like Weather Channel. Wait, what year is this? Did your dad leave? It would have been like early 70s. So maybe 75. Oh, man. I want to say. Fashion. Yeah. Oh. Um, so left in the winter, which later on I was to eventually leave Dublin for Chicago in the winter. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, he decided he wanted to, you know, studied in London for a while. And then he transferred over to Trinity College okay. um, in Dublin, um, a very old and um, big university in Dublin City. Um, but then also he did a lot of, with his PhD, he did a lot of, you know, um, studies and um, research. And so traveled all over the U.S., um, which was part of the stories that then he would later tell his children about. California and New York and all these mm. places that he visited with his medical research. Um, and so eventually then he, um, by chance um, and by miracle, met my mom, Aww. an amazing woman from Dublin. Why do you say by miracle? I'm just curious. Well, it's funny because I was always like, you guys are such different worlds. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about like my dad's story and then my mom. And um, so my dad at the time was at his apartment and he ran out of milk. Okay. So like, you know, as you do. As like, you do. So late at night, I need a glass of milk. So <laughs> you go to the local store, right? Like, that's a thing that probably made sense in, like, 78, 1978. Um, and my mom was coming home from a party with some friends. And Ooh. so, he, she, you know, she was kind of there probably having some uh, libations and fun. <laughs> and my dad had never seen somebody with so much joy. He told me this story. He was like, oh. she just had so much joy. And she was dancing. And, um, and so they ended up conversing. And so... Over this bottle of milk, this glass bottle of milk, you know, a friendship and eventual relationship was formed. So I always think that's just so interesting that like, what if you, what if you did have milk at that Yes. Time? What if you did have milk? <laughs> you would never have met mom because it wasn't like your paths were crossing so much. Um, and yeah, so we, I, when he told me that he was like, well, yeah, I really wanted milk. Like I, and I'm like, but it was nighttime, mm. dad. Why didn't you just go to bed and get milk in the morning? <laughs> He's like, no, I want to milk. It was then. I needed it right then. So I always think that's, you know, I think encounters, you know, for me, when I think of a miracle, it's just more like you think of the chances that people meet, but then also the realization that they were supposed to meet. They were Like that milk was just basically the force that needed to bring him to where she was. And and so. so He was thirsty. He was thirsty. He knew that he needed calcium. Yep. 
And he was like, I'm going to get it right now. He's getting it right now. You know, Irish Ireland does have great milk. So, <laughs> you know, those grass-fed Maybe cows. this part of the story <laughs> will encourage anyone listening, like, if they are looking for love or open to love, to not be ashamed or worried to leave your house late at night and go get some milk or whatever you drink. Oat whatever milk. Drink. Yeah. Almond milk. Exactly. It could be any kind of milk now. We have so many different types Yeah, of we milk, have less options. Which is um, fascinating within itself. So, yeah. So, that's kind of... How I always think like their story, you know, um, when I think back to, again, Grace's vision of setting her child like free or like releasing him into the world and not even releasing him because dad did always say like, it wasn't a choice. I had to leave. Like, oh, really? Okay. Like, you will have a better life outside of Lagos. And at the time, you know, Lagos was tumultuous, right? Mm. There was a lot, you know, there was a lot of things that happened with, um, the system there, there was a lot of poverty, you know, yeah. because of just colonialism and, and different things. So it wasn't, it, you know, the 70s in, in um, Nigeria was not, you know, made for everybody to yeah. succeed. And so I think Grace knew that, you know, he had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Did he, I know this might be a silly question, like what was his journey like from Lagos to London to Dublin? Did he like fly from, like where did he fly first? Or was it like a direct flight? Does he ever, did he ever talk about that? You know, that's a great question. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I would assume because usually Lagos, you have to fly into um, like France. So okay. I, I know like, you know, if you're flying, usually a lot of people from Ireland or UK will go, uh, you know, uh, to Paris and then to Africa, then to Nigeria. So I'm assuming that he did that, but um, he did talk about when he arrived at, at immigration. And so immigration is a very interesting place. In London? For, yes. Okay. For, for immigrants. And and um, I've had my own experiences of going through immigration. It's very, very stressful as right. an immigrant to go through immigration because you just never know if you're, it feels like you have to prove yourself. Yes. And so when he first got there, um, he didn't have like, because back then there was no cell phones, right? So he didn't have the phone. He didn't have a phone number for the person he was staying with. And so they were questioning like, okay, oh, you're coming yeah. here for university. Who are you staying with? Um, he had like a name of a, like a friend of a friend. Yep. It was kind of like, and so for a while they were questioning him. And, you know, the one thing about dad, he was very like, everything is fine. Like he never I, really stressed. It was an interesting kind of mm. uh, personal trait, but he um, was just like, yes, I'm going to go stay with my friend. And so they quizzed him. They took him into the back office and kind of were like, where oh are you? Like, which friend? Because again, back then it was, you know, right, immigration right. is a big thing, right? So, but eventually um, he was able to get a hold of somebody at the university and they were, they vouched for him. Okay. And then they let him in and kind of, you know, uh, pushed him through. And I think through going from London to Dublin was more through the school. Okay. So it was kind of like a transfer opportunity of coming over to Tr Trinity College. And he had always said that he saw pictures of Ireland and it looked so green. So he wanted to see if it was really green. Oh, <laughs> is it really that green? It is very green. Okay. I've never been either. I'd like to go yes. one day. It, when, if you're flying into Dublin, um, you know, in the air, in the air when, as you're coming into the country, it is literally the first thing that people will see and think if it's their first time. Like, oh my God, it's really very it's green. Really and great. it's different colors of green because all the grass is, is kind of like a patchwork quilt. Oh, that sounds beautiful. You have to do it. I will. Mike, um, Mike's Irish. And I, I know his parents went to Ireland and like they were very proud of their Irish heritage. And I would love to celebrate that. Yeah. I would absolutely love to celebrate that. And I'd really like to go look at a lot of the historical places. I'd like to try the food, yep. um, like drink some beer. Not to see food. People are always like, do you guys eat corned beef and cabbage? No. Right. No, Isn't that no. an American thing? <laughs> That's an Irish American, American thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, 
You don't all feel it at one Although day. you can get it there. Don't get me wrong, right? So people are, they're like, hold on, I had corned beef and cabbage in Ireland. You can get it there, absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of state, a lot of beef, stews, a lot of seafood because it's an island. And, and so okay. people are- So no one ever talks about the seafood. They don't talk about the seafood. And I grew up with a lot of seafood, a lot of fish. And so- um, I always like to, as my duty to um, Irish um, culturalism, yes. remind people that it's not just corned beef and cabbage as far as like diet goes. So we should make a spreadsheet of like the things that are, are Irish American and then Irish ah. and then an Italian American and Italian. I love that. Because I, I um, although not from Italy, I can understand as I'm older now that there is such a distinction between what they eat in Italy yep. and then Italian American food. Yep. I'm here for all of it, but yes, I, I, I'm here for all of it. I, I like to, I like to always like remind people that we have amazing seafood. So See, I've never, I didn't there. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. And there's like many restaurants on the coast that you can like catch the lobster that day and then have it for lunch. Like it's amazing. Okay. So definitely um, that's my kind of, you know, call out for Irish uh, <laughs> tourism. Okay. Irish <laughs> If you're looking, I'm looking for sponsors. So if like the Cultural Commission of Heritage, Irish, Chicago, anybody, I can't think of the name. I've been there. It's like on the north side. Irish, Irish Heritage Center? Yes. Thank yes. you. I just put in 12 other words. Yeah. No, but fine. <laughs> looking for sponsorship. So I would take that. Um, okay. So your dad arrives and so he's in London for a little bit. And how long was he in London for? I believe a couple of years, uh, maybe a little over a year, not quite two, um, and then decided to come over to Dublin um, from memory. Again, I'm not recalling the exact years um, that he studied uh, there, but then I would say primarily most of his uh, time or, you know, kind of academics was in Dublin. Does he ever, did he ever share with you like what it was like being away from home for the first time or because I'm, I'm assuming, did he get to go back a lot or not? No, that was the thing. Like yeah. he didn't until probably much later, much later in his career, like when he started working, I want to say, wow. because oh, there was wow. a lot of like, I mean, back then, like airfare was probably ridiculously expensive. Oh, I, I don't know how, how that was. Um, so he didn't go back for years and years. And and remember, this is the other part that's, that is when I think back to like the story of it is he had to write because there was no FaceTime. <gasps> yes. There was okay. not even like... My grandmother Grace didn't have a phone, so he had to write. So there was only letters um, until later. Obviously, like you know, she when technology advanced, then phones yeah. became more common. But in the beginning, he was a writer. Like he had to rely on letters to her. Um, that someone. Oh, this is begs another question. Would someone then have to read that to her? Yes. Okay. Yep. That's all. Okay. So the family members, I mean, that's the thing about like Nigerian culture. It's very much a, um, a family oriented kind of like Italian, um, you know, and so I love the that. young, you know, the elders are really held <clears throat> in respect, which I, I really, I love that part of my culture um, is to respect your elders. And so, yeah, he would have written letters to like brothers or sisters mm -hmm. and then they would have said, oh, your son wrote a letter. And <laughs> then read yes. Let me tell you what he said or whatever oh. the case is. Um, so there wasn't a lot of going back and forth. So okay. I think in the beginning, it was a lot of culture shock. I can imagine. Um, but I think it was also, he loved the Irish people. Like he fell in love with the Irish people. Um, the same way I love, I, like Irish people are, are amazing. Um, he just found that they were so welcoming. Um, the ir ironic part of it was he, just, he didn't drink. So, oh, really? You know, like the Irish culture. <laughs> So in the beginning, you're know, like all the students would be like, "Hey, we're going to the pub." You know, every, everything happens at a pub, Irish pub. Yes. 
So dad would have went to the pub and, you know, he's very social. He would have socialized, but he wouldn't have drank. Um, Did he ever say why he didn't drink? Just, he just never, I mean, I think he probably had like one or two drinks. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I've never in my life saw my father like tipsy or drinking or like, I think he maybe champagne at New Year's maybe a couple of times, but not even because he'd like be disgusted by the taste of it. Yep. Just never had that need to. And, and I, I don't even know. It's definitely not a Nigerian cultural thing because Nigerians drink. And actually, actually Oh, see, I didn't know that either. The ironic part of it is um, Guinness is one of the most um, consumed drinks in Nigeria, which is obviously Irish. So I think that's always oh, ironic. That's in, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so Nigerians like to party and drink. But for whatever reason, dad was not a drinker. So, okay. But he loved like the, he always said like it was like a fun loving, like a sense of just like, you know, kind of easygoingness with Irish people that he really loved. Um, and then he loved the weather. He wasn't a fan of the heat being, you know, an African. Okay. Of her life. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're born in the wrong continent. Yeah, yeah. You don't like heat. So he was like, the weather was Oh, cooler. is the weather in Ireland typical of like Midwest weather, like Chicago weather? Is it like, do you have seasons? We do have seasons. They wouldn't be as extreme, a little more chill. Nothing's I think Chicago Chicago. Chicago's weather is very extreme. Um, but we did have summer, you know, I'm, you know, growing up, we had warm summers. I remember being like, um, you know, it's a kind of it's a funny thing about like Irish summers was, you know, my cousins were very fair, fair skinned and, you know, a lot of them, some had red hair. And so they would burn in the summers. And then I, for me and my siblings, we we're like, oh, wow, we just get browner in the summers. <laughs> I loved it. So we did definitely did have summers. Um, and I, I remember literally like, what is wrong with these cousins? Like, why are they turning red and crying? <laughs> And then bottles of like chamomile, was chamomile lotion, that pink lotion. Oh yeah. Burn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I still remember that smell. Like when I would be around my cousin's home um, in the summers because they'd all be like slobbing oh. that on. And then, you know, I'd just be like, oh, look, you know, pass me the baby oil. Like, I just pass get, me the baby oil. <laughs> I just want to get browner. Like give you have your foil. Like yeah. you're just like laying out in the <laughs> that sun. That may or may not have happened in high school. But, uh, no, I. Story for another day. Yes, um, I can see that. So, so yeah. So definitely you have seasons. Um, winter's. I, I recall one snow of my childhood. I think I was three oh. or four, and, and there's actually a photo of it. Tiny little snowman, um, but it was very rare. Snow okay. growing up was not a thing. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and the fall was beautiful. We did have, like, beautiful change of the leaves, and the, and the leaves would fall and everything, but just not as extreme as, as the Midwest. Hmm. That sounds actually really wonderful. Lobster, Guinness, mm-hmm. happy people. I love that your dad said that, that the people were so welcoming. I love hearing that. Yeah. Because I don't, I guess I, go, I don't know much about Ireland other than like the stories I've heard from you or like what, I, what I've what i chosen to read. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You know, like what I've like learned through like history and stuff like that. So yeah. that's incredible. Or in Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Sinead O'Connor for sure. Yes. Yep. She's def- definitely an icon. Yes. Rest in peace. Oh, RIP. Yeah, that's true. She just passed away. Um, so... All right. So your dad meets your mom and then, you know, obviously this beautiful person comes along you. (laughs) Um, What is it like? I guess, you know, I guess my question for you would be with your dad and your mom coming together in these two different cultures. Like, did that, was that even when you were growing up, was that you just thought that was like, this is it. Like, this is like, I, this is a multicultural household. Did you think anything different of it? Did you have friends that mm. had like were raised like that too in Ireland? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> so I want to say in the beginning, like I, I was trying to recall, I don't quite recall when I realized, oh, our family is like a little bit different than mm-hmm. other families. 
Um, because I will tell you, like, my um, family, my Irish family, were so just treated as all the same. Like, there, I never felt like yeah. any kind of, you know, were treated differently. Uh, and Dad always talked about that, too, that my grandparents, um, Bridget Kelty and Andrew Kelty, they welcomed him in um, into the family. And we're like, you know, they never really had any issue with the race or the fact that, like, my mom... Um, had chosen to be with a man of color, right? Yep. Just then, again, this is the 70s. So I know. That's why, like, I was curious about that. Ed, yeah. And it's funny because it's not that long ago, but it is, like, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And to yep. think that it's such, so much has shifted. So hearing that your grandparents were so welcoming oh, is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like, through the stories, like, both my mom and I love and you give them a shout out by their names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they're, they're, they're amazing. Um, and so, um, in fact, actually, uh, one of the kind of most heart, heartfelt um, stories of my granddad um, was that he wanted, he was kind of upset that I couldn't get a doll that was like, like yeah. of color. Yeah. And so he wanted, he wanted to get me a doll. I guess went to the store and was like, okay, we're like the brown dolls. And they're like, we don't sell brown dolls. There's no brown <laughs> dolls. That's not a thing. It's like 1980 or whatever. And so he actually made a doll. Like he Aww. bought a baby doll and like painted her brown, which I'm like. I love your grandpa. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty ingenious. He was very, very creative man. Um, and actually, like, added, like, wool, like, black wool, because my hair was, like, dark and curly, because um, he wanted me to have a doll that looked okay. like me. And I thought, oh. I, to this day, I'm like, I wish I had that doll, um, but I Is don't have it. at your mom's house? I don't have it anymore. I think I, over the years, it got, like, passed around, and then, you know, maybe, I, I don't know what happened to it. But I still affectionately think of that doll, because... To me, that was like his way of basically saying, no, my granddaughter needs a doll that looks like her. Yes. Before, you know, now you can get like any doll of like any ethnicity. But back at then in Ireland, there was nothing. And so he was like, no, she's going to get a doll that looks like her and I'll make it. So, oh, I love your grandpa. Um, that kind of shows the spirit that he had. He was very. Um, no questions asked. Yeah. No, que no questions well, asked. Well, and I, I do. I want to say this, too, because so this is like 44 years later or 43 years later. Um, and I, I don't, again, I don't ever want to take for granted that we are, I'm grateful that we're alive during a time where people do see themselves on TV and film and theater and like uh, professors, um, teachers, like people see, like yeah. little kids see themselves. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important. Very, um, very, very. But the fact that your grandfather did it before... Not even thinking it was a thing. No. He was just like, I just want my, I just want my granddaughter. Did he call you a special name? I don't, I don't think so. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, no, probably, probably called me Fiona. I don't think there okay. was like, I don't recall like a Fifi or a Fifi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have been cool with that too, but. Um, but I love that he just, this yeah. like, no questions asked. This is my granddaughter. I want her to have a doll that she looks at and sees herself. Mm -hmm. That is so important. It is. It is. It is. Um, and yeah, so all my cousins, you know, we all hung out, played, you know, there was not really any. Did you have a lot of cousins? Um, at, at the time, like in the early eighties, we, the, I was thinking back. So the parents would get socialized more. So we would get together and do like, you know, rock the boat parties. And we, oh. you know, that was kind of a thing. What's where, that? It's a song. I, I don't know if oh, I should be singing that. Rock the boat. Rock the boat. Rock the boat, boat baby. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> Wait, is it a band song? I don't know. No, no, oh, no. I'm like, my oh man. Voice. More my voice. Oh, you have a beautiful uh, voice. <laughs> but, um. Anyway. Oh yeah, I know that song. Okay. So yeah, so we would get to, I have memories of us getting together at the end of the night and, you know, the adults were having fun, you know, they had the young kids and we would all get in, a, we'd lay on the, or sit on the floor. It's very, apparently an Irish, like 80s party thing. Cause a lot of my Irish friends did this. And so all the kids would be like rocking the boats and like okay. singing along. So we had a lot of like social activity when we were younger. 
birthday parties. Um, so I want to say like there was probably like all together maybe like 12 or 15 of us maybe. Okay. Um, that would get together. So it was it was a good crew. Um, but to your question, um, kind of circling back there. So so dad and, and mom were involved in an organization called Harmony. Okay. Um, they actually were one of some of the founding members. And so Harmony was a, a group of people parents uh, that got together and said, we need to, you know, create an organization where our children of biracial heritage can feel included and feel like they can see each other. Oh, my gosh. So, um, and so there was uh, a a friend of dad's, Jude, actually, um, he was an amazing tailor. Um, He's a biracial man. He's in his 80s now, I believe. Okay. Um, But he was one of the founding members as well. And so dad was really good friends with him. And you know, him being a biracial man, mm-hmm. whereas my dad was an African man with biracial children. Okay. Yeah. I think it was really amazing that they founded this organization. And so to me, that was pivotal in having not only seeing myself through the friendships that I made in Harmony, yeah. but also feeling confident enough to be okay with like being slightly different, even yeah. though at the time I didn't know how to verbalize that piece. Of yep. it, right. Um, so we would get together, like the parents obviously got together for like organizational type meetings and like, what are we going to do? And then we, I think two vivid memories I have is um, there used to be a children's day in Ireland, which I feel like okay. the world should have children's day, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we had a parade. It was children's day. Oh. Do you and remember so, what time, like what time of the year it was? It was, I want to say it's, it was warm. Cause I remember my outfit. I had a striped skirt. <laughs> I <off> love it. <laughs> with suspenders oh. <laughs> and a white tee. Oh. Oh, this is great. Um, and I remember the outfits at very, so I didn't have like tights on. So I, I also remember on. outfits in Fiona. Tri- Again, yeah. we, we bonded over fashion. <laughs> fashion, always fashion. Children's Day. Um, and so Children's Day, we walked and I still have, I have an amazing photo of all the children that walked with the sign that said Harmony and our logo, if you want to call it, I guess, or the symbol they used was like the yin and the yang. So like, you know, the black and yeah. the white. Yeah. Um, which at the time I, I actually assumed that was just harmony. Like I didn't realize that was actually like yin and the yang until I got older. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's the harmony logo. And they're like, you're like no. seeing it everywhere. <laughs> that's actually like yin yang. Like that's like, <laughs> like comes from like Asia. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was the harmony logo. Um, what does harmony stand for? Um, it didn't actually stand for anything. I think the word, I don't know the, the real fundamental, like where they chose, how they chose the word. But the way it was described to me was that they wanted a place, again, harmony is kind of the blending of two mm, things, right? Yep. When you oh, have harmony. Yeah. So when you have, you know, and most of the children were um, of African or Caribbean descent and then Irish. So there was an Irish okay. parent okay. and then there was a parent of color, more, more than likely, um, more, most often, I should say. And so I think that's where they, the adults probably came up with the word, like when you blend two things and you have like harmony yeah. um, and peace, right? So that, it was kind of, you know, a great genius. concept. Yes. Um, so we did, we marched in the Children's Day Parade. Um, you know, the other thing that I still have a, a great photo of is we had a Black Santa before Black Santa was yes. cool. Yes, And so I thought that was pretty fundamental. And, and the other thing that was amazing, what my mom did, and I just think of like, just how like forward thinking she was like, she, it wasn't just like, okay, all the kids go over here and it's all the, like the biracial and, and, you know, um, mixed kids here, but mom would bring like other friends of ours with us. Mm-hmm. And so like, I remember, um, some good friends that would come to like the children's day march with us. Hey, we're going to this harmony thing. And they were just Irish kids, but they would come with us. They were friends of ours. Right. And so 
That was also the inclusivity. I that, love that. that. She was fostering Remi- through that. Yes. What's, wait, what's your mom's name again? Angela. Angela. Yep. Thank you, Angela. Yep. And your dad was Abby. Abby. Yep. What was the, what's Abby short for? Abby Odin, which means Abby Odin. child born at Christmas. Oh. born at Christmas Day. Oh, I love that. Abby Odin. <sighs> okay. Isn't that... Um, and Angela actually has a meaning too, because she was born when the Angela, so at, you know, in Dublin at 6 p.m., the bells ring. Mm-hmm. And so... Every night? Um, I think on Sundays. Okay. She, I don't, don't quote me on that. <clears throat> we'll look um, it up. I gotta look that up. That's, yeah. That's, um, and so she was born anyway when the bells were ringing. So Angela's, Angela was wow. the reason her name was. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. well, uh, Angela and Abby were absolutely pioneers ahead of their time. And I, I think that's so beautiful because it wasn't even, I don't know. It's like between hearing that creating harmony and your grandfather, it wasn't even a question of like, don't, it, it was just a, it's just happening. It's, yeah. This is just happening. Yeah. You know, yeah. no questions asked. Yeah. That's what keeps coming to my head. All the, and me like, oh, well not, I don't want to say it like this, like, well, duh. It's just like, well, no, like this is, this is, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and it, honestly, I think when I think back to it, I think, you know, mom and dad did a great job of like, even as things got a bit harder, like as we got older, there mm-hmm. was like racial jokes, right? And like that's when I started to be okay. like, oh, okay, this so like sorry. people are, or or even like the microaggressions. I mean, the one vivid memory that still to this day, which is probably why I'm wearing a baseball hat that you can't see right now, but I remember going, my mom taking me to the salon and to get a haircut, and I vividly remember this the stylist being like, oh, we don't cut that type of hair, oh. to like to me as a kid, right? And as a kid, you're like. What? What's wrong with my, my hair? hair? But, you know, back then it wasn't inclusive, right? So that stylist probably had never cut like a mixed child's hair or yeah. the curls or hadn't been trained and didn't want to mess it up. Or so I, mean, I just remember, and I think, I, I don't know how my mom responded, but I just remember as a yeah. kid being like, what is wrong with me? Like, <sighs> but knowing that like her look, because it was kind of like this, this look of like almost a pity, but like a, an embarrassed pity. Yeah. Um. That's when I started to say, like, oh, like the hair thing. My sisters and I have talked about this. The hair thing was really pivotal as far as when I started to realize, oh, I'm different. Because, mm-hmm. like, all my Irish friends have very, like, different type of hair. And at the time, mine was very, very curly. Um, and Still beautiful curls. You, still you, still, very, you, you very beautiful very curls. Curly. But I felt like it was wrong. Like in that moment, I, I remember feeling there's something wrong with me. Like if she can't cut my hair. Like, I'm really wrong? sorry that, that she made you feel that way. That's awful. Yeah. Um, but with that, you know, that's kind of when you started to like realize something's different. And then at the time it was like, you know, uh, again, my mom and dad did a great job of like, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll it figure it out. Yeah. Like a, we'll figure it out. And so I think for a while, I think my, my aunt Marie um, you know, would do my hair and mm-hmm. she just had a knack of doing hair. And so <clears throat> thanks Aunt Marie. The, yes. Thanks Aunt Marie. And, um, you know, that was one of the ways that we would figure it out. And so, um, you know, but it was, it was one of those moments where over time it was kind of like people would make fun of your hair or there was like a candy in Dublin, which, you know, again, it's the seventies and eighties. Right. So there's a lot of like peace, politically incorrect things. So it was like a candy called blackjack. And so they okay. sold it like, yeah, I don't know if they did this in America, but you would go to the store and ask for like 10 penny sweets. Okay. You guys do like penny sweets? Um, prob- probably, uh, probably. I don't remember, but probably. Yeah. So one of the sweets that was offered was like a black candy, like, and it had like a little like black figurine on it. And so people would call, start calling us like blackjacks. And that's what I'm like. Oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. And that's when, and again, I think maybe eight, nine, 10. 
Okay. These that kind of like, you know, the kid cruel thing started being like kids realistic. can be really cruel. Like, like, yeah. Like it came to realiz- realization where I started being like, we're different. And so, but again, dad and mom are just like, yes, you're different. So what? Like they were just very much like, not so what to your pain, you know, but just like, you know, they're stand up for yourself, you know? Yep. Um, and so, you know, and I think one of the funny things we joke about this because, because that was just kind of funny in a weird way. He didn't even know it was funny, but he's like, I'm like, mom, they're calling or dad, they're calling us colored. And he's like, okay, they're colored too. They turn red when it's funny. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so true. <coughs> it's just like a, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> oh He's like, and, we're all colored, you know? And I was like, yeah, but, and, and you know, so he just had this not nonchalant and like silly, funny way of like, he wouldn't let it determine our, yep. he wasn't going to let it determine our fate. Like he was just like, okay, fine. You know, then don't be friends with them or. He flipped that away. coin. Yeah. He flipped and, that coin. And so I was like, yeah, you're colored too. You turn red in the sun. I don't. <laughs> and so. <laughs> It was that's awesome. Kind of one of those moments where it just took with me, and I'm just like, yeah. When you start to not put so, you know, he was just kind of like, this is what it is, and you guys, you know, you're gonna be okay. Like it just, and then mom is just very much like, you know, um, she was a protector, so you know, if there was any kind of situation, she would definitely talk to the child for us. Yeah. Which looking back on it, it was like, thank you for doing that because at yeah. the time I was like, ooh, I'm emotional. I don't know, and and mom would stand up for us like she would. We have none of that to like stay away from my daughters. Don't, you know, so-and-so. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, That's I think that was, you know, both of their ways of addressing it differently, but, you know, the right way, I guess. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but I just knowing your story and like what, you know, what we're talking about, like your grandmother's like the origin of like your grandmother and your dad coming to Dublin. And then, you know, you, you're being raised in this like multicultural family Here's what I'm going to ask you. When did you decide or feel that you also wanted more out of your life and maybe didn't want to stay in Dublin? Oh, that's a... Because, you t- you know, we're talking about, like, ages. Yeah. And I know, I feel like all of our years are formative. They are, right? Like, even your 40s are formative. Let's just be honest. Like, yeah, it's a different yeah. kind of formative. But what you're sharing is so formative, and I would assume your dad was incredibly left like such an imprint on you just knowing how far he traveled to find his family. Now he has a family. I don't mean like that, yeah. but to find his, the family that he created. Sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, I think. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I, that's why I was, it's um, yeah. I think I've always known Mary that I wasn't going to <clears throat> stay in Ireland. Um, and so the plan was, I was going to go to London because London is very much a bridge for a lot of Irish. Like how long's the tra- like how long's um, how long's like an hour like flight? Oh, oh that's it. You could take a ferry for like three hours. And- oh, I would do the ferry. So it's really it's really um, it's really close. Um, and so I always knew just as a young girl, I would kind of go into my head a lot of like you know you know I listen to music. I listen to a lot of all kinds of music. Ooh, tell me what you oh, wait. What was that boy band that you loved? Um, uh, Boyzone? Boyzone. They were not formative in my travels, but they were formative <laughs> in my boys in my boy band years. They were they were fun. Shout out to Boyzone. There's and another one. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Westlife. Um, it's I, I all this that keeps coming to my head. Like uh, I want you back. Oh, take that! Take that! Oh my gosh! 
Shout out to Robbie forever. <laughs> I think he's got a special yes, Netflix. Yes, that's why. Because I think it was on Netflix and it was like, you need to watch this. Yes, yeah. So I will oh be gosh, watching I that. do have to watch that. Got to put that on What list. music were you listening to? Um, so I think I was listening, I mean, uh, everything from, you know, I think UB40 was really big for me. Like, it was kind that of was like big in high school. Yep, yep. Like, really kind of Caribbean vi- vibe, I should say. Um, and so... I don't know. I just listen to music and I would feel like I'm going to travel. I'm going to leave at one point. And I, I never really understood this feeling of just like knowing I was going to leave. And I think a lot of it came through the stories that dad would t- talk about of, you know, when he went to New York and LA. And so the first, did he go to Chicago? Um, he spent time in Chicago, but not lived there. Like okay. he visited. I don't, he never like actually settled there. Um, and so eventually I was like, okay, London's good. You know, I can go to London. I just, Ireland is amazing. At the time for me, I needed space. Like, and I don't mm. even know how to describe that in a way of like. You needed growth. Maybe? I needed growth. I feel like Ireland was the place that like, so cliche, but totally gave me my roots. Like, I feel yeah, Irish. I am Irish, you know. Um, but Chicago, eventually, or just leaving Ireland, it gave me space to grow. In, in you a way can have, I, um, I'm going to quote a real cheesy movie, and I don't think I'm going to say the movie here, or maybe I will, but you can have roots and wings. Mm. That's from Sweet Home Alabama. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one. I've seen that one. Okay. Or it's, it's also that. probably like a real quote from a, yeah. po- a poetry book, <laughs> and like I'm just quoting Sweet Home Alabama. But of course it's got yeah. your roots. Yes. That's it, like. Yeah. So I always knew I was going to leave. Like I, I couldn't <clears> put it into. I just kept thinking in my mind, like as a young girl, like I would be 10, 11, 12. And I'm like, when I grow up and leave, like that was, a thing, up and leave. that was a thing that would come to my mind. And I obviously at that time wasn't telling my parents when I'm leave. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there was a runaway one time, but okay. that was just, you know, me we- misbehaving, but that's okay. Um, but I never like said, you know, I'm going to leave you guys. It wasn't a punishment. It never was that. It was just like, I felt like I had to go to do what I needed to do. I, I, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, so London felt safe. I was like, cool. Yeah. Applied, got into university there. I was like, this is great. And then it was like the summer of my 16, I was 16 that summer. And I think you I was to university when you're 16. No, no, no. I wasn't. No, oh, okay. No, oh, okay. No. I didn't go to university, but uh, dad was like, I want you to go and spend time with your, your, um, uncle in America. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Is it, this his brother? It's actually his nephew, but in Nigerian culture, anybody that's older, we call them uncle and aunt. Okay. So it's his nephew, though. So I said, this sounds amazing. So it was, do they live in 90210? Like, what is this? Okay, like? I was just going to ask you, at this time, in 1995, <laughs> what was your perception of American teenagers? 90210. I was okay. like, oh. And at the time, they lived in California. So I was, oh. I literally thought I was going to go meet Dylan. I was like, this <sighs> is going to be the summer of, like, my life. <laughs> and I know, I knew we, we could have tried to find Dylan together. Because Dylan, I was definitely Dylan. Me too. Me. Yeah, I like love Dylan. Dylan. And so this was great. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to America. I'm so cool. And then I, then dad's like, oh, actually, you know, your uncle got a job transfer. So you're going to go to Chicago. And I was like, Chicago? There's no 90210 <laughs> in Chicago. There's no Dylan in 902. And actually, no, it's not even Chicago. It's a suburb called Naperville. <laughs> Have you heard of Naperville? And so I'm like, Dylan is definitely not in Naperville, dad. Okay. Like- <laughs> but fine. I'll do the summer. <clears throat> Um, so, have you ever heard of Naperville? Sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> if the, if memes existed in 1995, yeah. could you imagine the memes going back and yeah. forth about like, have it's you crazy. heard of Naperville? Yeah. I did that. I did the first summer and it was, immer- it was very much an immersion into Nigerian culture. Um, okay. It was, you know, Nigerians are very strict. Um, and so I think dad 
had a plan. He was oh, like, I was going to say, was it at this girl? Oh, okay. I was, I was say, little, what was his purpose in like sending I you? I think part of it was honestly to like, I asked him actually about it. He's like, I wanted you to see more because you, I was getting distracted. Like, I, you know, my little boy, Irish boyfriend, I was kind of like thinking that, you know, you know, you're 16. You think, oh, yeah. I think you're going to be 16 forever. So he wanted me to see more. Um, he wanted me to also be immersed into Nigerian culture, which I was definitely immersed into that. Um, and, and that was great. Um, I think when I came to, to Naperville, a.k.a. Chicago. Naperville. Um, <laughs> I love it. And I love that we both live out like that way now. <laughs> yeah. I know. Full circle. I'm telling well, you. It is full circle. Um, I started to kind of like be amazed by America. I was like, mm. oh, so what about this London thing? Do I really want to go to London? Or what if I just did this crazy thing and came back to Chicago? And actually remember this as I was kind of thinking through for today. And I, my uncle was like, again, no cell phones when I was here. So let's mm-hmm. put it into Did you have picture. a pager? <laughs> not, not at the time. Okay. In college I had a pager, okay. a red one, but not at the time. So my uncle's like, well, I got to go to a client's meeting. He worked in IT at the time. He's like, so I'm going to drop you downtown Chicago. Um, you can go explore the water tower for a couple hours and then I'll pick you up and then we'll go home. No cell phone. Just meet me back here at this drop. Oh my gosh. I think he dropped, water me at, tower. Like, he dropped me somewhere on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> Looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God. I know, right? <laughs> Just, like, 16 like, where and am I? And my, um, me coming back to Chicago was because I took a wrong turn. So I was supposed to go left to go to the water tower mm-hmm. on Michigan. I went right instead of left. Okay. So I'm walking South Michigan. Okay. You're right? walking toward the South Blue. South, South, South. And I'm like, where's this water tower? And I don't even know what the water tower even looked like. Like I was just like, he just said it's a mall, you can go shopping, you know, he'd give me, you know, I was like, you know, spend some money, do some shopping, whatever. Cause you know, like shop, always like shopping. And I'm walking and walking and you know, I'm like, hey, do you know the, like water? And people are just like, again, strong Irish accent at the time. So people are like, what the heck? Like, who is this girl? It's like asking. And then uh, I somehow stumbled onto Columbia College. And oh, wow. on the right-hand side, there was a, there was a window, like okay. where they had a display. And it was like something to the effect of like, um, it was for the journalism program and it was something about like, write your own story or something that called oh. me to the point that I, because I was always going to study journalism. Yes. So okay. Journalism was my thing. And I'm like, oh my God, do I need to go in here? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, so I do. I, instead of the water tower, I walked into Columbia College and I was like, where's the journalism department? And they're like, it's on the 11th floor, but classes are out because it's summer. So, but you might be able to go up there, or, you know, you can go up to the 11th floor. There might be somebody up there. So I go up and there's like some G- dean of journalism that's like, hey. And then it's like, I'm like, I'm from Dublin, but I think I might want to come here. <laughs> I love that. Do you have a brochure? Do you have a brochure? <laughs> Wait, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember what you were wearing? <clears throat> I was wearing a short skirt. Okay. Okay. And uh, I want to say like, I can't remember the exact color, but like, I want to say it was like a tea, a regular tea. Yeah. And I did have some black. Gym shoes on. Cute. I do remember that because I remember thinking I'm going to wear gym shoes because walking. You're walking. Very smart. No, very no smart. heels. Even though back then it would have, I would have definitely been probably my first choice would have been heels, but I did wear the black gym shoes. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. Wow. That's incredible, Fiona. Like he dropped you off to go to Water Tower and then you <laughs> ended up at Columbia. I love that so much. And then you were like, do you have a brochure for yeah. journalism? And so um, how did you guys, how, how, but how did you end up getting back to your uncle? So I did eventually. I was like, hey. And then I was like, by the way, do you know where the water tower is? <laughs> and he's like, well, you're going the wrong direction. So you got to go north. And again. I don't. Yeah. As an immigrant, like north, south, east, west, I still struggle because Me we too. don't say that in Ireland. It's like 
take a right by the pub down the street, the church, you know, yep. like we're very much like visual, like direction people. So he's like, you just keep walking, just keep walking. You're going to see a sign. Um, and then he did describe that water tower, the old water tower. Oh, yeah. And so I kept looking for that. And so then I eventually got there and then I probably went to Express and then it was oh, time for my uncle. Yes, yeah. Express. And so, yeah, I kept, I had that brochure and I was like, oh, we'll see. And that's kind of how it started. Wow. Wrong turn. I don't, I never knew that story. That's a great story. Yeah. Wrong turn. Yeah. Um, let me, I'd like to touch on the North, South, East, West thing. My dad used to do that all the time. And that is not how my brain functions either. I just tell me to turn right, turn left. Um, and I was so bad with directions, like growing up, especially when I got my license that he would call me Magellan. <laughs> not in a good way. Like, please. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I still, I, I, I struggle. Like, I mean, I know the, my thing is I know the, the lake cause I lived in the South. Yes. So I was like, okay, where's the lake from here? But if I'm in like. The suburbs. I can't be like, where's the lake from here? <laughs> I can't even see the lake. I do that too. Actually, the lake is east, so I know that, right? So the lake is east. Yeah. So I know from here in St. Charles that like Chicago is east. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. That's all I got. I know. Just tell me. I always, and it's funny because I always ask people like, give me a landmark. <laughs> like, oh yeah, give me a landmark. What's there? Like what's beside it? Even if I'm asking like a business, you know, if I have to go for an appointment, I'm like, They'll tell me where they, and I'm like, what's next door to you? They're like, oh, there's an Ulta. Yep, I got it. <laughs> like, wouldn't you tell me there's something? <laughs> there's an Ulta. When I moved to Chicago for to go to school at Loyola, and I came from a very small town, I remember someone told me this, and it helped me tremendously. Chicago is a big grid. That's mm. it. Like, if you can just know cross streets. Yeah, um, makes sense. And numbers, like, uh, I always remember that, um, oh gosh, uh, North Avenue is 1200 North or like Roosevelt is 1200 South. I still remember these things mm. or like Halstead is 800 West. Wow. That so, is good memory. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how someone yeah. told me that, like, it's just a big grid. I don't yeah. know if anyone ever told you that when you moved. I did hear, yeah, I heard a little bit about that, but I, oh, I, I used to get so lost when I first moved here. Like I would just be walking in circles looking for a post office, you know, send my letters back home. Oh. And they're like, no, this is not the post office. And I'm like, where is the post office? I, I, they would say, keep saying north, south. I'm nope, like, I don't want to hear I that. Don't yeah. I know where the north, south is. Um, and so it would constantly be getting lost. And even still to this day, I, I, I have to, like, I'm, what's the landmark? Like, where, what is a landmark? Because um, remember, at one point it was MapQuest, right? So we had, like, our pirate sheets. Oh so we're like, okay, let me The pirate sheets. Like, let me quest myself to where I'm going. <laughs> quest myself. And then if you took a wrong turn, it was a piece of paper. So I would just keep driving. And like, or if you were under Wacker Drive. Oh, forget yeah. it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was dark there too. So I'm just like, okay, we're just going to drive till we reach the lake. <laughs> and hopefully don't drive into the lake because at this point, I don't know, north, south, east, west. Um, I don't think I knew that story. That's a great story. I didn't know that you came here. Yeah. I just thought, I had just assumed that you had no. like graduated because I knew you took We'll get to this, but I knew you took like a bridge year or a gap year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So you go back and you go back to school yep. and then like, I don't know, what's the conversation with your parents? Like what's the. So, so yeah. So I, you know, of course, and again, part of me is like, dad, for some, whatever reason, maybe he got a, a whisper from the universe, like send her off there, explore, yeah, like try probably. and get her on a better, get her path. Cause you guys are path. really connected. Your dad's an empath and you are too. And I, um. I know he's here with you. I, I think he's here now. You know, he's probably guiding this. For but he sure. probably, he, like, he just knew. You're his daughter. Yeah, you know. So I go back and I'm like, but actually at the time I was still thinking about London. So actually, again, mom, Angela, is just so amazing because then she's like, okay, well, let's go to London and explore London, right? Oh, okay. Like, so we went over, saw the university, saw my, you know, the digs, the, the rooms and stuff that I would stay at. The cum digs? Oh, I like that. Yeah, at the time they did. Uh, like a dorm? Yeah. Like a dorm, yeah. okay. 
So that was great and everything. And um, I had some family over there. So we, we saw some fam- some Nigerian family in London. Um, and so she, I think then she probably knew, like, this girl's going to leave. Like, mm. but I got to, like, support her dreams. And, and, and never, like, that's the one thing I think back and I'm like, you know, neither one of them. I mean, dad def- definitely, but mom never made me feel guilty about wanting to leave. Really? Like, I never felt that, like. You know, some parents, some, I talked to some people and they're like, oh no, my parents only wanted me to go to school in the state because they want me to stay close. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, which is fine. You know, that everybody has their choices. Um, but I think she just probably knew like this yeah. kid, this daughter of mine is freaking wild card. So I'm going <laughs> to. It's so funny. I would never peg you as a what To me, you are not a wild card. Like I, that's not how I would ever describe you. I would describe you as like really incredible, like beautiful person, very grounded, very like focused. I would never call yeah. you a wild card. Maybe more rebellious. I was definitely rebellious. Okay. Like it was kind of like, here's the path. Everyone's taking that. And I'm like, well, can I just make my own path over here? Like, <laughs> I don't want to take that path. Can I go to Columbia and set a water tower? <laughs> exactly. Wait, is so, your dad rebellious? Oh, of course. Yeah. So you I got, mean, you got it from him? But both of them are. I, oh, mean, okay. I mean, if you think about like my mom being like, yeah, I'm going to dance in the street and meet this man over milk. <laughs> And we're gonna have a multiracial family in a place, in a time, in a place that that was not. That's a thing. so true. She was a re- she was rebellious, whether she knew it or not, um, and in a good way because I think rebellion can be a good thing, right? Oh so, yeah, absolutely. But um, so yeah, so we did the London thing, and then I was kind of like getting like, oh, I kind of want to go to America. Like, what about what? What if I could? Oh, so how did you do the London thing for you? No, I didn't. Go. Oh, you didn't. I was go. just like exploring and getting ready, getting myself ready to like, here's where you'd be. Here's your courses. Here's the university. Um, and then it felt, started to feel like I'm not supposed to be here. Like, okay. and I, I couldn't vocalize that at the time, but I would yeah. go and I'd go through all the, we went and visited with the, you know, some of the professors at, at the university in, um, in London. And it just was like, I, I just, I started to feel uneasy. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Like, again, oh, wow. it was that feeling of like, I have to go somewhere else. Um, and, and this so, is like 1997. It, yeah. It would have been like 97. Yeah. Nice this is so silly, but like when I think about back at that time, I, I, again, like I think in terms of fashion, did you guys were, were remember the jelly shoes? Were those yes. over big? I'm just like picturing you wearing these like platform jellies and just being like, yeah, no, London's not going to work for me. Yeah, <laughs> I probably was. I don't know why that just popped in my head. I definitely was wearing some kind of platform shoe. I'm pretty sure of that. Like Spice Girls. Probably <gasps> over the knee socks, I want to say. Like I'm pretty sure I showed up to like the first day of like orientation wearing over the knee socks and a mini skirt. Um, for whatever reason, and probably some really like obnoxious bright colors. Um, that was you know always my thing. So I just watched the Beckham um documentary, and uh, I'm, I'm like like now I want to go to a soccer game, and like I just love that it's all late '90s stuff. Spice Girls, Beckham, soccer. That's all. Yeah, that's a lot. To '90s say. were amazing. So then I approach um approached my parents and said, you know, I think I might want to go to school called Columbia mm. and it was kind of like okay and then you know there's a lot of steps that went in between that a lot of conversations a lot of like why's and is this really what you want to do but I will say like looking back on it I really never was nervous about that I was just gonna ask you that you weren't scared at all no and that's I why that if Fiona now was like how the heck did you make that decision at 18 I then turned 19 in my gap year but I always just felt like that's where I'm supposed to be and so it was kind of just like operation. I just have to get there. And so it was kind of like, okay, I got to take these SATs, SATs, whatever, sign up for all that. Oh, yeah. That helped me figure all that out. Then it was like, okay, this is a liberal arts school. 
you'll be an international student. You know, just we just went through all the kind of motion of figuring it out um, together. And he was just kind of always like, there's more opportunity for you. So he was encouraging of it. Outside of because, Ireland. Okay. Which is, I, I mean. The same thing that probably his, his mom. mom said to him. Um. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's not like I'm listening to this and I'm like, gosh, to your parents, there was no resistance, right? Like there was, it was almost like, okay, absolutely. Like, how can we get you there? Yeah. Um, before we talk about before, when you moved to Chicago, um, when did you meet your grandmother for the first time? Uh, I think I was like, that I remember it was like 10 or 11. Okay. It was the year that I wore the fuchsia pink coat dress with the pearls. <gasps> oh, I have that picture. I think you've seen that photo. Oh, I love that's what I wore to, to honor and meet Grandma Grace for the first oh, time. That's amazing. Did she love <laughs> it? She should be coat dress in the hottest <laughs> country in the world. <laughs> it was very hot. And that, that was like a hot? very thick, like <clears throat> polyester, perhaps. That's I don't even know what well, it was. Well, it's like I 1989. Did, I did buy that, uh, uh, <clears throat> that dress in London, though. I do remember being super excited about picking out my own fuchsia oh. dress in London um, and then wearing it to meet Grandma Grace. So, yeah, that's what I remember. But again, she didn't speak English, and so. But she hugged you, and she, she hugged. Self- she hugged us. She was very regal. Like I almost felt like she was like even looking back on it, it felt like me- meeting royalty. Like oh, I can't cool. even, put, you know, sense on it. But you know how you just like okay. actually in Nigerian culture you do courtesy. Okay. To your elders, so we did have to, dad had to let us know you have to courtesy. <laughs> like, okay. Did you know what that? What? Oh well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, did a courtesy, and it was kind of like you know we. We're around her, but again, she I could tell she was a matriarch because her presence was just kind of intimidating. Cause I, you know, in my mind, she was gonna be like, Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> Love your pink dress. Yeah. And it was just very much like she was had a presence. Um, and da- and dad definitely was like, you know, kind of like not in servant of her, but in, in a way. It was yeah. kind of but she was so excited um to meet us because, you know, that's my my brother was a baby when when we were there. Um, and so and you guys all flew. We all flew wow. like multiple flights over there. You know, mom was there and my, my middle, my, my sister after me. So it was the three of us. And, you know, I think dad had wanted to get us there like all together, right? To meet with her. And um, they were excited just to, to, to be around us and meet all the family. And even though we couldn't communicate like through conversation or words, it was like a connection. Like I knew like this woman was like, yeah, such an important. I almost feel like you kind of carried her spirit. Yeah, I could, I could see that, or I'll like, take that. I guess I, you know what I, I mean. Like I, I don't know. I get I, I one thing I appreciate about you so, 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 so much is how much you celebrate your cultures. Like Fiona, I love that so much. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think that's you know, as an American, I can say this. I think that's something that I'm hoping is coming back where people celebrate that more, where they celebrate their family, they celebrate their elders, right? Yeah. Where they are more in villages and communities rather than in silos. Oh, for sure. And for sure. I love that you, I've, I've always loved that you've done that. I, I For some yeah. reason, when you were talking about your grandmother, I, I was picturing your wedding picture. I wasn't uh, at your wedding. I wish yeah, I was. Yeah. But I know that you had two changes. I did. You had a white wedding dress, like yep. a white traditional, traditional yeah. and then you had, what would you call that? Um, so basically, a Nigerian traditional dress. Yes. And then I had the head, you know, the headdress um, that was wrapped by my aunt that came from London. And yeah, I mean, even that, honestly, Mary, when you, when you said that, like right away, like in the back of my mind, it wasn't always that way for me. So like, okay, okay. As a teenager, I get, I get that because we met when we were yeah, yeah, thirty two. So right. No, no, I, but I really love that you picked up on that because I'm like, oh, you know what? I I did lean into that. I did grow into oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, but I remember like 
you know, as a teenager, you know, dad would wear his traditional African dress all the time. And I remember at one point, you know, being a teenager, you know, you're so embarrassed by your yeah. parents. You're like, oh, my God. And so dad would, you know, pick us up from the disco, you know, on a Friday night, you know, one in the morning, you know, like time to go home. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and the boys or girls would be like, who's that, like, man wearing the tr- African gear, walk, <laughs> walking up to pick somebody up? And I'm like. Oh, my gosh. She just made me laugh. Sorry. And I'm like. It's my dad. And I'm like, dad, why do you have to? And he's like, what do you mean? Why do I have to wear clothes? And I'm like, you're wearing your freaking traditional African wear. Like, it's not coming to America. Like, what? why are you wearing this? It's not coming to America. He's like, just wear a normal shirt and pants. And my dad's like, this is a shirt and pants. And I'm like, okay, dad. And so it was a lot of like, yeah, because he stood out. And at the time, I'm like, dad, you're making me stand out yep. because you're like showing up like Bumi because he didn't call me Fiona. He called me Bumi which is my Boomy. Nigerian name. Okay. And so he was like, I'm wearing my overnight socks. I got my platform shoes Aww. on. I got my little like tube top. I'm trying to be cool. Spice girl. Cool. And then we have dad walking up. Like he, you know, is basically ready to like, you know, lead a revolution <laughs> oh back to Nigeria. And I'm like, dad, you're embarrassing me. Um, so that, and that's obviously like everyone's embarrassed by their parents. I'm Would you ever like to do that to your children or no? Um, probably. Okay, good. <laughs> I look forward to that story. I'll add that to my list of things. Yes. Um, but then eventually I started to like, as again, when you detach from your parents, when you like yeah. go away from them, you start to love all the things about them that make them, make you part of their story, right? Yep. So <clears throat> being Nigerian has just always been, you know, um, such a part, like it's, when I think of like dad, it's, I think of Nigeria, like the two yeah. go together. And so he, you know, even for, parties and stuff like that we would he would have you know bring home nigerian custom-made clothes which actually even at the time some of them i was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna wear this but they were so like handmade like, oh, i can imagine beautiful 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 um you know um custom dresses and so at the wedding you know that was one of dad's wishes was like will you wear a nigerian dress mm. um and after, i was there wasn't even a question at that point because i had grown into yep. myself so much that it was like uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, and, and I want you to pick it. Like, I want you to be, Aww. you know, here's the colors I like, or here's the color theme or whatever. So that was kind of the growth because it was like, in the past, it was like so embarrassing. Like, yeah. oh my God, I don't want to be like, you know, associated with standing out so much. Like, blend in, blend yep. in. Yep. And now as an adult, I'm like, you know, I love the most vibrant, like, yes, you Nigerian do. print. Um and, you know, my kids have worn it, like, you know, in, in different events that they've been in. They love the, like, I see them have the joy and pride of their Nigerian heritage. And I'm like, oh, that's great. So it's definitely a journey, but that, the, the wedding one was, was special for sure. I don't know why that popped in my head. I just, I love those pictures. I think it may be because like on social media, like every year on your anniversary, um, we didn't know each other at the time, but I like to think like we would have been friends, but I just love those pictures so much. Yeah. That's, I think that's just so incredible. Um, so when you, like, when you left for America, so you weren't nervous at all? I mean, I think, I'm trying to think what I did. I mean, before I was leaving, I remember I had some friends. <clears throat> at the time, you know, again, I took the gap year. I was, like, kind of an assistant manager at a clothing boutique, of course, oh, right? Because fashion. Um, and that was fun and everything. And I was partying every other night. And I had so my whole, like, um, you know, party crew and friends of mine that were, like, nightclub promoters and stuff. They're like, what? Just stay. Life is so fun here. And it was so fun. But I was like, this will not last forever, guys. We can't party. Oh, man, every, you were ahead of your night. time. 
And so it was sad like to leave that because I was having such a great time. I was kind of like working and I had my own money and oh, yeah. I could go clubbing and like hang out and spend. Were you living at home? I was living at home. Yeah, okay. Okay. At home. Um, and so, but I know dad wasn't happy because he's like, again, you're coming in like four in the morning, you know, yeah. just like he was kind of like, okay, you need to like, he didn't want me to get so distracted that I didn't go for my, you know, my degree. Because again, education, right, is the key. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that flight? I do remember the flight. I, I, well, I remember I had my two suitcases. Okay. And I still joke about this because I had two suitcases and a pillow. Like, that was it. I was like, oh, I wow. have to bring my pillow. Like, <laughs> no matter what, like, the pillow is coming with me because that okay. was kind of like, okay. And to this day, I'm kind of, like, nerded out with, like, the right pillow. But anyway. The right so, pillow makes a difference. It does. Do and, not feel bad about they're being They're underrated, and I feel like they should be more Yeah, rated, they should be a thing. It should be more, yeah. Like, what kind of pillow do you sleep on? But anyway. Um, so I came with my suitcases on my pillow, and I remember I got this handbook from uh, Columbia <clears throat> College that was like, how to be an American. Like, No way. Like, I don't know if that was the title, but that's what it meant. <laughs> how to be an American. <laughs> and one of the things was tipping. And we don't tip, well, back then, oh, we didn't yeah. tip in Ireland. So I was like, do you now? terrified about tipping. Do they do they tip in Ireland now? A little bit, but it's still like people are paid differently there. So they don't like, I mean, oh, okay. you can, but it's not very custom and it's very small, you know. It's a nice gesture, basically. So how to tip. Oh, yeah, that's like... So yeah. I remember, like, dad was giving me, like, you know, some cash. And he's like, okay, you know, and this maybe this can be for some of your tipping. And so in my mind, I was like, what's this tipping thing? So I got picked up, and they had, like, Columbia had, like, a limo service pick me up and drive me to 731 Plymouth Court. Oh, is that where your dorm was? Yep. Oh, gosh, that's um, great. And I got so nervous about tipping. I tipped the guy a $100 bail. <laughs> Because I was like, oh my God, and no, then I remember no. saying, is this enough? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. He was like, I remember him having the stoic, like, you know, he didn't really interact. He just took it. And I'm like, is it enough? Because I didn't know, like, so by his sweet. reaction, do I give you more? Like, yeah. I didn't understand the tipping thing. I'm like, I give you another hundred are here? you going to call the police because I didn't tip enough? Like, I don't know. Um, and so then, yeah. But I that's went. a real fear, especially if, like, you are not, like, you've never lived here before. I get yeah. that. I'd probably feel the same way. Yep. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that was like the, I remember it was freezing. I had bought like a really oh gosh. stylish uh, winter padded coat that came all the way down to my ankles because I, I heard it was going to be frigid. Oh, yeah. And again, I had only ever been in Chicago, aka in Naperville, in the summer. Naperville. In the summertime. <laughs> so I was like, how cold can it be? But ooh, holy bully. I got out. I, when, I, when we landed, it was snowing. It was freezing. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I don't uh, think I've ever shared this story with you, but when I got to my dorm, the person that was sharing a room with me had left welcoming notes, but let me describe the welcoming. Oh. That basically said, this is my stuff. Do not touch it. This is my closet. Do not put your clothes here. This is. And then I just like started crying. And I was like, oh. I have made the wrong decision. This is not good. Oh. And so, and it was very much like in the bathroom, this is my uh, toiletries. Do not use my, you know, all these post-it notes. Oh my gosh. Because obviously they were on like winter break and they knew I was coming that day. And I was just like, oh my God. So I do remember that first night being like, I have made a mistake. I've made a mistake. But it was more of that feeling of like, this is overwhelming. Oh like, gosh, yeah. But, you know, in true nature, I was like, you know what? We'll just sleep on it. And tomorrow's a new day. And so the next day was a new day. And, you know, we got through that. So are you um, friends with, or did you become friends with your roommate? I did not become <clears throat> friends with that person. <laughs> Um, I wish them well. I hope they're doing great in life and I hope everything's well with them. But we did not become, I did not have the, we're going to, this is the friend that I'm oh. going to call home feeling when I met that person. Fiona, let me tell you about my freshman year, <laughs> freshman year dorm roommate. Um, I'm not going to name names. Mm -hmm. 
I was hoping for like that 902 and 0 kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I had a roommate who was not from Illinois, was from another state, and thought it was her decision to lend out my clothes to people on our floor. Oh. I have no. a friend no. who can attest to this. And, oh my God. and you know that I'm pretty generous, right? I'd let people, yeah. but like, I would see people like wearing my stuff. And I was like, hold okay. up, wait a second. Why are you wearing my graduation dress from no. like this past May? <laughs> um, but yeah, she, and like, then I, um, I remember I rushed, I was in a sorority at Loyola and mm-hmm. you know, and the, like the Chicago schools are small, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. even like a real, it's yeah. real. I, I loved yeah. it, but like. Um, I remember I didn't rush in the fall, but I rushed in the spring and mm. she gave me the hardest time about it. And then like in uh, Greek life, there's this thing called COB. It's like continuous open bidding. So like after I rushed, she rushed a week later and got in the same sorority. It was very weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it was, yeah. Roommates are weird, man. I'm sorry, so, to, I'm sorry that you had that experience. That was, and yeah. And actually, honestly, <laughs> I look at it back. I look back at it, honestly, Mary. And I was, I joke, laugh about it now because some of my, some friends of mine that are lifelong friends from Columbia. They knew that person too. And they're like, I can't believe you got ruined with that person. Like, because they all knew her and they knew that she was like, not Ooh. the best as far as being welcoming or friendly. What's a profession you go into if you love post-it notes? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I'll think on that one. Think on that one. <clears throat> um, so they were just like, but honestly, what happened is like, it's almost like, okay, she was like the band-aid that I had to like rip off that hurt mm. really bad. Like when I first got there and then everyone else that I started to meet were just such amazing uh, men and women that like, I was just like, wow, okay. So that's, that's, if that's the worst, I'll take it. Yeah. But it was, it was a weird feeling to be in a dorm by myself. Yeah. No cell phone. Like I couldn't FaceTime mom to be like, oh mom, what the heck? Like, this is crazy. There's post-it notes saying don't touch anything. Um, and and again, it's like a winter night. Gosh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I like smoked a cigarette out the window. <laughs> as you should. Absolutely. As you, I hope you smoked a ton of them. Just yeah. like, like chain smoked. All the, oh, God, I remember that. That was a thing. I remember in our dorms, like there would be girls who would have yeah. like on our floor, like just chain smoking, smoking out yeah. the window. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did that. But at the end, it was just kind of like, OK, like I just was kind of like, I got to move through this. Like, got to figure this out. That's incredible. You had that oh. uh, intuition to do that. Yeah. Um, so obviously you had a good time at Columbia, right? Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, I loved Columbia. Columbia was like Did you was graduate where, with a, where I was supposed to be. And you graduated the journalism degree? I did, yeah. Okay. For some reason, um, I thought it was marketing. That's your master's though. Yeah, my master's is in marketing, That's yeah. Okay. So yeah, always communicating, right? Always, sto- always storytelling, no matter what. But yeah, Columbia was a great journey. I, you know, I was at one point president of the International Student Association. Were you? Oh, that's amazing. Um, I met so many amazing people from like Africa, like, you know, some of my good friend from like Japan that I still, you know, <gasps> I remember to. her. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it was a real, it was an immersive experience. Mm. Like being in a city, the city definitely was our campus. I think that was on our brochure. The city is your campus. campus. It really is. It like truly was. Um, you know, photography classes where it was like, go outside and just take photos or whatever you see. Like, okay, sorry, excuse me. Can I take a photo of you? Um, and, you know, work, you know, um, the professors, you know, worked at the Sun-Times, at the Tribune. So we got to like go there oh, and do all cool. the stuff. And and it was great. It was really, really great experience. I, I think at the time that was, as I was immersing myself into college, then it was kind of like I started to, A, lose my accent, which still sad for me to this day that my, feel, okay. my accent started to like I hear it though. Down. I know certain people hear it, but 
for the most part, I, and it's funny because I, I mean, again, I haven't vocalized this, but I sometimes grieve the loss of my, grieve uh, the loss of my accent because I understand that it was such a part of me. And yeah. now it's one of those things that kind of fast forward, like, you know, living in Chicago, I initially, people started speaking Spanish to me, like in the street or mm, wherever. Right. Okay. Because, and at the time I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but and I didn't get the whole like dynamic of of Chicago as a city of immigrants. Yep, it and sure is. As I started meeting people, I met some friends of mine that were Puerto Rican. And I'm like, oh my god, I look like you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <Rican>. yes. <laughs> and so, and you know, different from Argentina and different like you know cultures. And so I'm like, oh, so everyone thinks I'm Puerto Rican. That's really interesting. I don't speak any Spanish. And so I'm like, no, I'm Irish. And then people would like laugh. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, no, I'm actually Irish. No, really, I'm Irish. So that's where that journey started for me in oh, college, where it was okay, kind of okay. like, as an immigrant, used to, I, I, was, I feel most Irish, obviously Nigerian, but being born and raised, having an Irish passport, and, you know, that's where my roots started, you know. Um, but that's where I started to kind of like have that shed slightly. Like people were... I don't know, like I just didn't feel, I felt like I would come to Chicago and I don't know, I felt like I was going to be like the queen of the St. Patrick's Day Parade in my mind, not like. No, I know. Yeah, right? absolutely. But then I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Like here, they don't really see me as Irish. They mm. see me as a, like, they don't know what they see me That's as. That's so fascinating. Okay. Um, but you still, obviously you saw yourself as Irish. I did. I did. Um, but I will say that it started to like kind of. I got, I got really exhausted about like, people like, oh, you know, what are you? Like that was, mm. I think moving to, and uh, Colombia was the first times I've really heard that question. Well, Colombia, but, and I know you said you met people from all over, but like Colombia was pretty diverse, right? It was very diverse, but I think Chicago as a city. Yes. I see what you're saying. Okay. It's still quite like somewhat racially divided, right? So, oh yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, was at the time for sure in the night, in the nineties. Oh yeah. So I remember the first time I heard that question, I was literally like, when they're like, what are you? I, I didn't understand the like, question. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I'm a person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a woman. They're like, are you black or are you white? And I'm like, oh, I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm Irish. Like, can, we, can we get t-shirts that say that? Can we get t-shirts that say that? And so I was like, what? And then again, this is a new experience. Yeah. I've never experienced this. Like, back in growing up in Ireland, I would, my, you know, my siblings and I would hear, go back to Africa sometimes from people that were being rude, you know, throwing her, like, like hurling insults at you and people that you didn't really know, but like, you know, if you're out, whatever, go back to Africa. You're like, what? Like, I, I want to. If I to, was there, but- <laughs> I wish I would have had a post-it note and then I would have put a post-it note on them and said, you're being rude. Yeah, you're being rude. But America, I mean, Chicago specifically was, was an interesting place because the one thing that I remember distinctly, again, just still certain things just stay with you, right? Yeah, they do. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go to this Irish, young, it was like young Irish student something. So okay. you met like, a friend of mine was like, yeah, there's... She was an Irish student from the north, and she had, she was saying oh. that there's a group of Irish students that get together from like DePaul, all these different things, and some young professionals as well. So it was a mixture of like mentors, mentees, and it was at like an Irish pub on LaSalle, I remember. And I, so I was like, oh, Fado. I don't think it was Fado. <laughs> Sorry, it was, that's, yeah. that's all I think about is like Fado. There was many a good night at Fado, um, and so I remember going. I was like, I'm going to go by myself because you know I don't know any other Irish Nigerians that just moved here from Dublin, and. I remember getting to the door and they were like, oh, it's closed for a private event. And, you know, I, I was like getting in the line. They're like, no, 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 it's closed for a private event. And I was like, oh, I'm here for the event. And they're like, oh, it's for like the Irish student. And I was, oh. and I could tell by his face that like, 
again, at the time, I have to paint the visual picture. So when I moved to Chicago, I wore very long braids, like okay. almost kind of like a, like a, you know, like down your back, kind of like, you know, like uh, knotless braids. Um, and so we probably- Like pigtail much- braids? No, 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 like the individual braids. Oh, the individual braids. Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. Yep. And so, again, in my mind, I, it's like almost like a cultural dysmorphia. Like, yeah. I don't see what you're seeing. Yep, yep. But he was very much like, it's closed for a pride. Like, he almost like didn't like, kind of made a body language like you can't come in. Yep. And then I was like, oh, I'm from Dublin. And then he heard my accent because obviously at the time I had accent. He's like, oh, oh. And I, his face was just like, oh, wow. Not computing. And so I went in because I was like, okay, I'm still going to go in. And, you know, I tried to like, not like I tried to relax, but I was so like caught off guard with what, yeah. what just happened. But like he visually looked at me and was like, You're, you don't look Irish or you don't look like the people that are in here. And so, you know, you got these long braids. I'm pretty sure I probably had some like, Crazy outfit on, because you know. Oh, this would I, I'm like picturing like and some sort of like tank tank top <laughs> with like glitter on it. Baby says baby on it. Probably um, some like I don't know some crazy uh, glitter. Well, I just want I want to say something though. I love what you just said. Well, what you said is like he didn't see you the way you saw yourself. Yeah. Like you're just like no no no. Like I'm Irish. Like I'm here for the party. Like yeah yeah. I'm here to drink the Guinness. No, it's <laughs> I'm here to drink the Guinness. Um, but. I, it was, it so shook me like that. I just oh, felt God, like very uncomfortable. And so I went in and, you know, I, I remember talking, but it was kind of you know, when you talk to people, but you're not processing what they're saying. Cause you're oh, yeah. so like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Um, and so I left and I remember like, I walked home crying. Like, I was just like, this is such a, like, I don't fit in. Like I, I came to, to leave, to grow in the space and to, to fit in or to be part of something. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm not Irish enough here. Like it's, wow. it's a weird feeling. Like I just, you know, his reaction. And again, I, at the time, you know, I, I think obviously he made an assumption, right? Yeah. So like I, to me, I'm very like, you know, especially being raised in a multicultural, I, I never assume when I see someone like, I'm like, what's, you know, your, ba- I, what's your background? Yeah. Not like, you know, what are you? But like, what's your background? Cause it's all, you never know what people's like stories You are. really don't know. Um, but that was kind of like the first experience where I was like, wow, like, my Irishness is not enough mm. right now, it, like in this moment. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember like, you know what? Like this is, I have to process this, but I didn't know how to. Like, I was kind of like, but I am Irish. Like, why did he not do that? Do you ever feel like your dad had a moment where he was like in Ireland or in London and he's like, my my Nigerianness is not enough right now? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, early on when I was little, Dad had to go to Belfast to work because he could not like get a job in Dublin. Like, and literally, people would say, "We can't have somebody of color in the pharmacy because <sighs> it's gonna like we're gonna lose patient. Like, people won't oh come goodness. here." So, and it was. Just, I mean, it, he was so educated, so smart. Like, had written medical papers, yeah. research papers. So, like, they knew him. They're like, "We want to hire you, right?" So, so early on, he would like work all week in Belfast, you know, in the north of Ireland because it was a bit more cosmopolitan there and then he would come down on the weekend so mom was pretty much raising me and my oh, wow sister. i didn't know that okay um and that was you know he said it was like it was because of like pure racism like and it was yeah. more you know the fact of not that you know because people were he said the people were friendly when they said they're like we really like you abby but we can't wow. hire you like you know maybe try the north and also the economy was bad in ireland too so yeah. the, there was a mixture of that it's like if they had a white or a black or you know they're going to hire somebody that's a bit safer perhaps uh, safer in their eyes, but um, I'm just thinking of the parallels because obviously I feel like this story is such a string 
of like from your grandmother to your father to you, like this like string that's pulling. And then for you to have this moment when you're probably 21 and be like, well, I'm not Irish enough for Chicago. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. that's like. Yeah. So, um, and I will say like, uh, I mean, uh, to be really vulnerable, like I still get uncomfortable somewhat in, yeah. if I'm in a room of like, like what's the word? And, and I, I've talked about this, but my sister about this, like in a room full of Irish people, mm-hmm which I am one of, like, I still get nervous because I go back to that time. Like we did a, I went to a gala fundraiser for Concern, which is an Irish nonprofit some years ago. And I remember being at the gala and maybe being like one of two people of color in the room. Yeah. And I was just like dreading sitting at the table to be like, (sighs) oh, are you Irish or you just support Irish causes? Like, yeah. And again, part of it is in my head. So I'm not saying that like, no, but you just, you stand out. It's the yeah. standing out part, right? And so kind of, you know, when I'm in Ireland, I felt feel more like I don't stand out because it's kind of like, again, being raised with harmony and on all these harmony. beautiful multiracial uh, families and and just Irish people being more like, you're Irish. Like, they're just like, you're Irish. Um, but in Chicago, amongst uh, like Irish environments, I would feel uncomfortable sometimes just okay. because... I felt like I had to over-explain. And then yeah. it's like, and then I would have to say like, I lost my accent. And then like. See, it's so funny <laughs> to say like, that. Why do I honestly, say that? I really, I really mean it. I hear it so thick, mm. so strong. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's just how I'm choosing yeah, to hear yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I've done different things. And, and again, I, I've gone, I go to the Irish Heritage Center and I, I take my kids to the Irish, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Do they love it? Um they do. They do. They love. They love both cultures. To them, they they see the beauty of the of both cultures, and they yeah. don't. They don't. They don't like see that. They know. To them, like their nanny, which is my mom, they affectionately call her nanny, is is Irish. They know granddad was Nigerian, so mm-hmm. like, to them, it's just their world, and so which is a great world for them to have. They don't see like choosing or whatever, um, and they definitely embrace like the multicultural piece of their upbringing. Um, but I think that moment, that that moment, it's, it's like any kind of traumatic event where you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, um, until I feel safe, like I'm around people, I don't always start with I'm Irish anymore. Mm, that's great. You know, because I just don't, I, I, I need to feel, but again, you know, it's funny because anywhere I've been, you probably remember, like when we met, my Irishness is always part of me. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, whether I'm talking about like the slang words or whether I'm talking about, you know, just kind of like, um, do you remember that spreadsheet we had? I do, <laughs> which I don't know where it is right now. Oh, it's somewhere I in the ether. Like, I feel like, like it was, it's on Twitter somewhere. Well, no, it was just, I just really remember like there were, you would say certain phrases, which I thought were like, take the piss yeah. or something about I'm a rag. It's like, like, I'm making fun of you. I'm yeah, joking but, around. So I, I, it created this what I thought to be at the time was this great Excel spreadsheet. I don't even think I knew what Google Docs was, but just of like what the phrase was in 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 Irish and Gaelic and like yeah. in Ireland and what like we would say here in America. Or wasn't there one about the rag? Something about the rag. Yeah, um, we had so many. There was many. I'm, I hope many pops different up. phrases. Some were inappropriate, maybe. You know, maybe right there R, was one. Yeah, but you know there was a there was a lot of fun with that, and so yeah. I mean, and everyone that knows me that like really knows me knows like. Yeah, my Irishness always yeah, I, comes out. Like it's just, it's not, it's just like part of you. Like just like it is you. Like, like it's yeah, just, it's part of you. The thing, and then so I, I think, you know, the thing. I guess you know the learning for me is that you know, 
and and now it's it's amazing now because I there's um so many great organizations. Um, one of them I will actually shout out, which yeah. is Black and Irish. Um, in Chicago? And, no, they're in Dublin. They're in Dublin, so they're, Black and Irish. Yes, okay. And so they're a great organization. And actually, there was a book that that came out recently um, from the organization, and they're really pushing that move that that not even a movement, but really inclusivity in Ireland. That there's a lot of way more people now that have because of immigration are. Mm-hmm like of Af- African descent, but are mm-hmm. Irish. They're yeah. Irish. My dad had an Irish passport. You know, he was Irish, even though he was from a different country. Um, and so they're really pushing that that conversation that Irish is not just like white and red yes. or blue, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. And hasn't been for many years because there's a lot of history of, um, you know, of black people in Ireland. Yeah. Um, a whole history, of, like wave them, you know, way uh, beyond when, when, before we were born. Yeah. Um, and some women that, um, another organization that's called I Am Irish, um, that was founded by a woman um, of, um, that's Irish, but also has Nigerian ancestry. And so she lives in London, but she started this, this amazing organization called I Am Irish. And it's really pushing that narrative and really having those conversations. Oh, that's incredible. Um, okay. To, to embrace just the inclusivity of what it means to be Irish, because- We've all felt it in different rooms. Yeah. Um, but there's such such power, like when people kind of just talk about it. And yeah. so, it was, you know, last couple of years, I got to talk on panels and go oh, to the Irish Heritage great. Center and, and do the I Am Irish exhibit at the Irish Heritage Center, which was amazing. Are you doing it again there. this year? Um, we didn't do it this year. They rotate. So they do different cities. And oh, okay. like London uh, was was most recently. And so they did the Chicago one. And um, it was amazing to be there. And, you know, again, I, Irish people are are genuinely friendly people, and so you know the people that were from Ireland were like, "My God, we're so glad that you you're doing this and you're you know showing that Irish comes in all sh- like colors yeah. and and so part of it was like kind of a full circle moment because again it was one of those having my photo be in the exhibit along with a bunch of other oh, wow. very influential people that are Irish that have Black ancestry um, made me kind of it was almost a sign again from the universe like yes. You, you belong, like you are part of the story. Like you don't have to shy away from it because you feel like you're, you're gonna make someone else feel uncomfortable. That's incredible. I will put black and Irish in the show notes. Um, I don't know why this post popped in, but like how, how often have you been to Nigeria? How many times, a few times? Not that many, not enough to be honest. When was the last time? Gosh, probably the last time was when I met, when I met my grandmother. Okay, so I was gonna say, I was gonna say if you had gone in your adult life, and maybe when you do, yeah. do you think you'll have that feeling of like, you're in Nigeria, but you're like, but no, I'm Irish. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, that's the thing. Like, and I think that's the, it's the, the duality of being any like ethnicity oh, yeah. that is multiracial, right? <laughs> yep. Because you don't necessarily fit in, like you're too, like you're too dark to be Irish, right? Mm-hmm. Like on paper, but then you're too light to be African, right? So, oh, I mean, okay. and that was another thing, like when I was around my, my, um, my Nigerian relatives that for that those two summers, I remember a conversation with my aunt and when she wanted to return something at the store, at the mall, right? As you do. And she's like, can you return this because you can pass better than I can. Oh wow. And I was like, pass what? Like again, I yeah, no understand understand what she she's like, you can pass for white. And I'm like, okay, but why does that matter? She's like, this is America. So could you just go to the, you know? And so at the time, again, I was just kind of like, like, she's crazy. What is she talking about? But again, that's, that stood for me. Cause when she was like, oh, she can pass, she can pass. And then that has come up later in life for me. Yeah. Like, you know, um, 
which sucks like in in a way it does having, suck have the world it where does you're like suck. past like past for, for what past. that sucks but it's like basically like people don't know what you are right so you know they think maybe you're puerto rican they think you're maybe you're white if i have straight hair they're like you're italian like i get mm-hmm. everything which to me honestly the chameleon power of that i'm okay with that now yeah. but i felt sad like when i started to get that i didn't get it at the moment when she said that phrase because i was just like okay i'll return it your pants you know she was returning some some pants for work but now in reflection, she just thought like they might give you less of a problem versus me as a Nigerian woman walking into the store to yeah. return something. And so as I got older, that's like I made that connection of like the passing. Yeah. Because she always said, you should wear your hair straight. She would say oh, that really? a lot to me. And I'm like, no, I love my curls. I love your curls. And she's like, you should, you should wear your hair straight. If you're going to live in America, you should. And I didn't really fully get like, like I love my, I love my hair straight. But I love like my the, hair curly. the undertones braided, of like what that whatever. means. So now I'm like, she, I knew, now I know what she meant by that. And it's, it saddens me because obviously her is a black woman, you know, she have obviously went through a lot different experiences that I don't fully even know. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. passing thing always was like one of those things that I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting. Um, but now as I get, as I get older, I understand what that means. And I'm like, you know, to me, I, it's different. The way I look at it is just. The chameleon piece, like, you know, like we were just in Dominican and everybody. I love I that Dominican. you look at it like that. So I'm like, I just need to learn Spanish. That's kind of one of the things I need to do. But um, I saw it. I could see people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally look Dominican because Dominican is literally, you know, the history of Dominican Republic is black people mixed with white people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what my heritage yeah, is. Yeah. Just Irish and Nigerian. Um, And so I think as kind of that journey has evolved, I you know, I'm okay with, you know, people kind of asking, but I'll, you know, I'm never going to, I'll always tell the, like, tell who I am, you know? So, um, but it is something that you just, as a person of, of mixed heritage, you, it gets exhausting sometimes not being too much of something in one group yeah. and too little of something in another group. Yeah. Like you're not quite, you're not quite Nigerian because you don't really know how to make jollof rice. <laughs> What's it? Is it jollof rice? Jollof rice. Yeah. Do you make it? I have made it. Um, I will not say that I can make it as in like, you know, I would invite you over to my house. To eat my <laughs> Although maybe we could, I would happily uh, take that offer or that challenge. Up. I would love to come to your house um, and have some if that's what you were up for making. Yeah, it's spicy, but um, Mike so yeah, it. just not quite that. But then again, like you're not going to look like the typical, when, they, when you think of an Irish person, wow. you're not going to look like an Irish person that somebody would draw. Like, because they're like, I don't think they'd ever draw like a person that looked like me. It yeah. would be somebody with red hair, like a little green jacket, and maybe, you know, shoes with buckles on them. I don't know. Um, that's shoes a with buckles. Yes. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. And like, I just, I, I don't know. That really hit hard when your aunt said that, like you can pass. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's so heavy. Mm-hmm. I love that you see it as a chameleon, but just like, honestly, it pisses me off. It makes me mad. Yeah. You know, it makes me mad. Like that, that's how she had to walk through life. Yeah. I hate, I like, I hate that. I hate yeah. that. I hate that. I hate that that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was like 1995, which is only 10 years ago. No, yeah. it's not. But it was like 27 years ago. And it like makes me so mad, Fiona. Yeah. That's so unfair. So, yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that, I mean, that is, it is. And, and that's the thing, like, I think, you know, when I came to America, I, I didn't quite, again, all I had was 90210. Right? Yeah, they didn't really no. talk about racism on that too. Oh, they did not talk about Dylan? I don't think it was a very diverse cast. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm like trying to 
the original cast, like they came from Minnesota. So my context was like way off, right? And you know, again, it, through experiences, that's all. That's the only way you learn is, yep. is through the experiences. And so, um, it's definitely you know, it's it's definitely been a journey, but it's helped me understand. Honestly, like my dad and my mom more, like of what oh, they would sure. have went through, right? Of what of the looks they would have gotten, you know, of people asking my mom, you know, if she was, you know, the nanny or not the mom or or whatever the case is. Like those they, they happen a kind lot. of like uh, like I, I don't know of a lot, but you know, there were situations where it's like, Oh, are those your are those your children, those you know, the, and then it was like, Oh, those those who owns the brown kids, you know? Like, because we stood out. We stood out. And so I think at the you know, when I think holistically like a lot of maybe part of what I thought about leaving Ireland was that I would not stand out anymore and in fact it was like the opposite (laughs) the opposite it was the opposite well you would think because America has always been um I'll use the term like advertised or branded as a melting pot right like yeah at least that's how how I remember growing up like that this is where everyone comes right like that you come here this is a melting pot it's opportunity it's um I don't know. That's how I was taught. So I, I can imagine. I mean, that is that is so fascinating. Well, I mean, um, I really appreciate you sharing this. And it's also kind of, I, I consider this truly a gift to sit with you because I've known you for so long. But like, I know that was a big part of doing this podcast is like, I know there's so many parts of our friends that we don't know. And like, I feel this is a gift. You opened up to me. Like, I appreciate that you trusted me with this. Like, and then you talked about stuff you probably haven't talked about in a long time. How are you sure. feeling? Let me check in with you. Like, no, how I feel are you? Good. You're feel feeling good. good? No, I feel. I mean, I feel like it's. But we know we've talked about this, right? Like the '40s is just this magical decade, yeah. and so I feel like releasing things that, like, yeah, you know, that you think you have to hold on to yourself is a good thing. Yeah. Um, because many of us just like hold, hold, hold things. Like, I can't share this. I can't share that because what if? What if? Um, and I think releasing things with, you know, with a of a kind heart I think um so it's felt good it's felt good to, to talk about it oh I loved hearing felt this good to, uh, well I have two questions that lead oh. me into this and I, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm curious to see how you answer these questions mm-hmm. okay so the first one is so this entire story like starting with your grandmother through your dad like I, again I see it as a string through you coming to America coming to Columbia um, by way of water tower um <laughs> what has your story taught you about yourself and about life Oh, that's really good. And and I mean, if, don't feel like if you can't answer it now and you want to like check yeah. back in with us. But no, like- no, I think I think no, I think it's kind of coming to the bubbling to the top. I, um, I think I think what it comes down to. I mean, honestly, a lot of it is the the real importance of being okay with not always trying to fit in, mm-hmm. to fit in, fit in, fit in. I feel like that's one of the things. Like as you know, humans, we we want to be seen, we want to be heard. But standing out um, is actually kind of a superpower, like in a way that you don't always have to blend into the background. Yeah. Because somebody sometimes needs somebody to like to think differently from them. From them, I think the sto- my story of you know um, all the way from you know Lagos, Nigeria, to you know the UK, to Dublin, to the milk, to you know the milk. Amazing, <laughs> amazing Irish mother um, has really kind of taught me just the importance of. No, like standing up for what's right. Yeah. And sometimes that means standing out instead of fitting in. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And so when I think about all the different like ups and downs over the years and the different experiences and so much of what I wanted to do was fit in and like, like blend into the wallpaper. Like, can yeah. I just blend in yeah. and not be the one that stands out? Um, but now I see it actually as a gift. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I noticed, like when I'm around people is of different races is sometimes it's, it's easier to be a bridge of like understanding. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, because I do really see it as, as a, as a mixed race, I see things from, from two different perspectives mm-hmm. all the time, a lot of the time, um, because I have always had to, I've yeah. had to see it from a Nigerian father's perspective yep. and I've had to see it from like my Irish um, you know, mother's perspective and just our, our Irish culture. So to me, like, as I kind of growing up, I mean, that, that piece has always connected me to people to kind of like understand where they're coming from. Wow. Um, and then also just at the end of the day to not really care if it's going to make someone else uncomfortable. I was, okay. I was going to say that earlier, like, okay, you were talking about um, just being in your forties and all these like this beautiful time, right? Yeah. And one of the things is like, what if, and and I'm saying this for myself too, what if I just let people sit in their uncomfort and I don't try and comfort them? Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we have to do more of that. And so yeah. that kind of, you know, and you know, knowing that, you know, from that journey of, you know, being the girl that was like, one day I'll be traveling on planes and I'll leave this land to a land that always calls me home. Like Ireland always, always has calls my you heart. home. Yeah, okay. Like when I go there, when I fly into the see the green, when I'm home, when I'm literally home and my mom's home, it's like the peace, like no other. Um, but I think, you know, you have to basically be okay with like stepping outside of our four walls, whatever those four walls are. Like mm-hmm. even if it's just going to different like restaurant, different cultural mm-hmm. restaurant yeah. that you've never ate at before. And like eating with people of like a culture that you've never even really had a conversation with. Yep. Um, because those are the those are the spaces that for me I feel the most like peace. I'm like just because different, different, different. It's always different for me. Um, so I think you know that would be the biggest kind of lesson that it's shown me is um, as much as I try to just always blend in mm-hmm. that that wasn't the purpose of the journey, um, and that standing out was okay. Uh, and standing in firmly in kind of who you are, mm-hmm. to your point that you said, Mary, that even if it makes people uncomfortable, like yeah. even if, you know, me saying, you know, I speak Gaelic, you know, I'm Irish. And you're like, that's uncomfortable. I've never seen an Irish person that looks like, that's okay. That is okay. I'm happy. And actually a friend of mine, we, we both joke because he says I'm one of his favorite, like, Irish people that he knows that he's very Irish American. Um, he will know who he is if he listens to this. I but. hope you listen to it. But I like love that, and I love that you know I I may be the only mixed race Irish person he knows, and that's okay. And maybe I'm not. Maybe he knows like many. <laughs> but maybe he knows many. I hope he does actually. But you know, twenty years ago, that would have made me really sad. Now I'm like, that's amazing because yeah. I want him. I want to be able to have that experience with other people and um, to be able to see the world from two different. Like, kind of like going back to the harmony, the yin and the yang. Oh, we keep going back to harmony. I love that so much. I, I may have a question about harmony in a minute. Um, okay. And then here's the one that I always end the show with. How does your story inspire you to show up in this world? Mm-hmm. So I think it inspires, I mean, I say right away, it, would, it inspires me to show up authentically, mm-hmm. even if, I feel uncomfortable with that. 
Wow. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's, t- there's times and spaces where you're sometimes kind of like, okay, I don't know if I should like, again, we use a chameleon, like a chameleon will kind of morph into something else, right? Because yep. they're like, I don't want to like, I'll just morph into this so that I, you know, can blend again. But I think for me, it, it really makes me show up in a way that the only way I know how, which is honestly just very authentically, possibly different mm-hmm. and seeing things differently and being okay with like seeing those things differently than, than people. Because sometimes, you know, you want to like, okay, well, you know, you don't always have to agree. Right. Or have you seen it from this perspective? Like, oh, I do love what that. If, what if we look at it from this perspective? And that's actually probably one of my favorite phrases is like, what if? What if? Like, what if it's, what if you actually looked at it from a different perspective? from their perspective of how they feel or how, what they're going through. Or, um, so I think showing up for me is, is really standing in my heritage, being confident enough to wear the bright African prints um, and speak Irish, Irish language whenever I can for my many years of, of living in the Gale talked when I was a teenager um, and being okay with the duality of that. Oh, the duality. That's, that's beautiful. That's really it. It's really the, the, that life is, is very dual, dual, right? We can be happy. We can be sad. We can be, you know, very professional. We can be pretty oh, wretched. Oh, you can but- <laughs> be pretty wretched. We can coexist with our wretchedness. And life really is a duality. And I think, you know, being bike. The like, yin and the yang, yeah, Fiona. It's the yin yeah. and the yang. It's a duality for sure. Um, Both. This was great. Thank you so much. I feel like I learned so much more about you too, like, which is cool. Like we should always be, I always feel like we should always be learning more about our friends, right? Because we're always evolving. But I I mean, I want to say this, and I probably don't say this enough, but like you are a true gift in my life. I've just like, I love your friendship. Even though it's funny because like, we don't see each other a lot. We don't talk a lot, but when we do, it's incredible. Yeah. Right. I always feel like the last time I think we saw each other, we had coffee yep. in this cool coffee shop in Aurora across from the library. Yes. With all the plants. With all the plants. And it was mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, you were so encouraging. I just, every time I feel like I'm with you, I walk away a better version of myself. And I want to thank you for oh, that. Oh, I love that. I mean that. I really mean that. I may not see you all the time, but I think you created an incredible family. You have a wonderful husband, great kids. I loved seeing them in concert last <laughs> summer. Um, that was fun. That was fun. But I just, I appreciate you sharing this story so much because I also know it's probably not the easiest story to talk about. Yeah. And like, I really, I already know you're going to inspire so many people to be more authentic in who they are. Um, and I want to put in the show notes, the black and Irish. I want to put that in there. I want to. I want to give yeah. that a big shout out. And I am Irish for sure. And I am Irish. I am okay. Irish is probably the fundamental one for me. I that also maybe want to put harmony in there if it's still around. Harmony is not officially. I would say I am Irish is probably. Like I am Irish. Okay. The, it's kind of like the conduit of harmony. Okay. Um, but they they're doing amazing things. Like I said, in in the UK and Ireland, um, and yeah, I just I encourage. I, I don't know. I guess I just encourage people to just you know, think about that duality, right? Like in life in general. And always wear the sequin blazer. Always wear the sequin blazer. Always wear the sequin blazer. That is definite life lessons. Do not hold your favorite outfits for special occasions. Nope. Today is a special occasion. Today is a special occasion. Even though I'm wearing a hoodie. But oh, I love your hoodie. Um, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> this is why I don't record on YouTube, to be honest with you, because these are typically heavy conversations. So I always want people to feel yeah. comfortable. Um, but I just want to thank you for being here. This was incredible. I... Okay. Would you ever want to come back? Sure. I want to do a women's round table. Yes. Would you come back for I that? I would love that. I would love to be there for the energy. Yes. Okay. Thank you. It's going to be in 2024. Um, That's going to be a good year, 2024. It I'm is. I'm putting that out there now. I think there's going to be some good energy 
um, maybe a duality of energy mm-hmm. because I think it's good to learn. I know for myself, one of the big things I talked about earlier in the podcast was like coexisting with trauma. Mm. And I'm not like using trauma in this yep. sense, but it's um, it's kind of, I just, um, I know you will appreciate this because Reiki. Yes. Reiki, do I, I never say it right. Reiki, is it Reiki? Reiki? I, I say Reiki, but I don't, I think okay. it's whatever you want to say, Mary. So I got Reiki the other day. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because I didn't know what I was going for, but I was just like, mm-hmm. I want to get Reiki. And I just remember saying to the practitioner, and he and he said, you know, I want to let you know that I'm a trauma-informed therapist mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's really incredible. And I just said, you know what I realized? I said, I've been doing all this work, but I don't think I ever took the time to like thank my trauma, mm-hmm. like in a real way, not in a fake way where I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful, yeah. you know, brought me here. Yeah. But yeah. No, but like in a real way, like write her a letter yeah. and just say, you know what, like, I know you had a purpose. Yes. And I'm really, I know you were doing what you needed to do at the time. And I want to thank you. Yeah. So I think in 2024, that's my goal. And that. I'm learning this from you is duality. I, yeah. I want to be in duality of these parts of us. You have to be. Like what yeah. you're saying, like the all these parts of us. Um, so I can't wait to have you back. Oh, this is going to be great. Okay. So um, I just want to thank everyone for listening today. And I hope that Fiona's story really... I know, honestly, I feel, I even feel seen. Like, I just feel like that was incredible. So I hope you also feel supported, seen, and heard. If you have a story to share, please submit to I'm so glad you asked podcast at gmail.com. I'd like to give a shout out from Patty's. Her um, boyfriend, Howard, sent me an email. So thank you, Howard, for my first ever email. I will respond soon. Um, but please follow us on Instagram at I'm so glad you asked podcast. I'm going to be posting more in, in 2024. I'm going to be doing some different things. So please follow us. Um, I'm so glad you asked is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our, our um, videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. This episode of I'm so glad you asked was edited by my friend, Josh Finfrock. <laughs>